What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Experience Football. Uh, Jake Shavink here, as always. Nate Williamson is with me with a Don't Stop Retrieving shirt on this Tuesday evening. How's it going, Nate? Not bad, man. Not bad. Chilling. Uh, ready to talk about some divisional previews. You know, we got two left. Yeah. Two left, and then we're into some real football, and we'll actually have real. Yeah. I mean, there's real, but, like, we'll have live football to talk about. So that's exciting. Two sleeps till football. Two sleeps. Till I guess we've had some football, but like watching BYU thrash Navy. That was so I mean, boring. It, it was, was so it was rough to watch for with me. two NFL draft prospects like that are reasonable. Even remote, well, yeah, no, they're even remotely on the radar. So it's yeah. like you know, I think it'll be exciting to finally get into college. Obviously, we'll talk about that at some point for you guys. But obviously, the biggest thing right now is there are. Two teams that will be playing Thursday night, um, now under 48 hours from now. And we're talking about both um, in our two previews that are set to drop very soon. Obviously, recording them right now um, for you guys. So we're going to dive into the AFC South, same format if you guys have been listening and or watching. Uh, rookies, prove it players, X-Factors, and we'll talk a little bit of division picks at the end. And make sure, um, like I said, you guys, uh, if you guys are watching here and you would rather listen, uh, they are, uh, these episodes are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, we just found out today. So that is a nice little yeah. cherry on top. Little perk. Little, perk. Yeah. little cherry on top as the season gets underway. So and you can use another streaming service. Yeah. That's impressive. Use, yeah. If you don't use one of the big two, then, you know, you can go to Anchor. If yeah. You'd like to. I kind of respect um, it, though. Kind of respect it, though. Yeah, hey, I can yeah. get along with some hipsters. Listen, you podcast, you podcasts are hipster enough as it is. Almost. Yeah, you do what you do, and, and, and we'll be here um, as well. So in there, in there, and everywhere. Um, but not but yeah. AFC, AFC South. We're gonna dive in a little rookie talk here. Nate, I'm excited to talk about the Colts a little bit. I I'm excited to talk about the Colts a little bit too. I living in Indianapolis now and mm-hmm. getting to interact with a lot of Colts fans on a daily basis. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I work yeah. with some diehard, absolute diehard Colts fans. And, nice. you, you know, I think they're going to like this year's team. I think it's going to be a very interesting year. And I think the rookies that we'll talk about actually come in with not only an opportunity to have an impact early on on a like a bad team. Like that happens pretty frequently. But this is pretty solid. And they drafted really for positions of need. So I think they'll have the chance to come in and make an impact on a meet a mid to high level team you know I, I think they're going to be a lot of fun yeah I, I would agree and, and I think you know we're, we're going to talk more about what we expect from them um in the predictions uh Nate if we're starting with, I guess we're going to talk into you might as well just start us off Nate with a rookie you're excited to watch for the Colts this that's season. fine you know I took as obvious route I took the obvious route and I'm not sad about it one bit you know I took Jonathan Taylor you know drafted by the Colts to be this next bell cow for insert X years here. You know, a lot of people have questions about the tread on the tires from his time in the college game. You know, there are two distinct camps to that. And, you know, we see guys like Christian McCaffrey who have a lot of tread come out and be fine. And then we see guys that, you know, play a little bit different, play a little harder, take more hits and get hurt, get hurt early um, and have struggled with tread on the tires. You know, wherever you fall in that camp, I don't think there's a whole lot of worries about Jonathan Taylor and uh, just so I don't get attacked, I'm going to knock on wood. Uh, but, man, this kid, the highest of high potentials at the running back position, it's going to be so fun to watch. And for me personally, don't care about the tread on the tires at all. Uh, watch him go to work. Look at that man that's built like a linebacker and runs like a slot receiver. It's insane. Um, he's exciting. I'm excited. That's my rookie to watch. And this comes on a team that does have some rookies that I think will also be fun to watch. I'm sure we'll get a different one here probably from you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think the, the tread on the tires argument, I think this field has lost a fairly decent amount of steam in mm-hmm. recent years now in scouting, just because we've seen this shift to basically you're drafting a running back for a first contract. Yep. Unless he's like this by far and away super elite player that you're like, we have to have him for a second. So yeah. The tread on the tires argument, I think, is going to start losing it because, like I said, I think when you you look back on, like, the early 2000s and mid-2000s, then it's like, okay, can he handle this because we'll probably have him a longer time. Right. 
now it's like teams are moving on. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's been a shift in, in, in that like approach um, as far as philosophy to just draft running backs late, get production out of them and then keep doing the same thing. Lather Teams are definitely using running backs different as well. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen guys like CMC, Alvin Kamara, you know, Josh Jones or Josh Jacobs to a point. It's just, they're used differently than the running backs of the two thousands that we saw just go straight head on into the defense, every play put their bodies on the line. You know, you still have those guys. Of course, we're going to talk about a couple of them later, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But for the yeah. most part, these guys, like you said, are playing for that first contract unless they are just outside of the world uh, talent levels. Um, and honestly, Jonathan Taylor's got the potential to be one of those guys that does outlast that first contract, at least in my opinion. Um, I'm really excited for, to see him get started, I think, at least. You know, get him on the track. We've been talking about him for so long. He's got that fumble problem or had that fumble problem that needs to um, get cleaned up. Just glad it didn't get cleaned up before they played Illinois because that was a dub. Uh, But, you know, um, coming into the NFL, it's going to be a lot more important for him to hold on to that football. Yeah, I think you meant – I think that's a bigger concern than tread on the tires. I mean, uh, far and away, to be honest. I think, you know – Nowadays, it, ball security is important. Defenses that create turnovers are, are, are big in this whole, you know, that, that, that new metric, that EPA metric that, that's been flying around. And so, it, you know, when you have a guy who, you know, has a, fumble, a case of fumbling, it, it's, it's a hard detriment now because, again, ball security is so huge as, as we've gone to more efficient game. But, yeah, I think when, when you look at teams like San Francisco and the philosophy is, you know, there's a lot of – Sweeps, getting the ball to the edge, getting the ball out, getting running backs out in space more, having them operate in the passing game. It, the running back has, has very much changed, and, and I think they're even more elite athletes than mm-hmm. they have been in recent memory. So, yeah, I, I like the Taylor pick. I think, again, I think Ballard nailed it with these two second-round picks. I'm about to talk about the second one here because I wrote down Michael Pittman Jr. Um, for mine. And so I, I think this was one I was really highlighting for Indy throughout uh, the draft process, I thought, okay, you know, this Rivers comes in, need to get him a big X receiver who can go get the football. He likes doing it. Mike Williams succeeded a lot in, in LA and, and I think will continue to do so even without Rivers. But Rivers has shown, again, even all the way back to Vincent Jackson, has had a guy he just said, you know what, go get that ball 40 yards downfield for me. I don't think T.Y. Hilton or Paris Campbell, all, all respect to both, I think they both bring great skill sets to the table. And I think that's what's awesome about the Colts wide receiver room, honestly, is the variety of, of different skill sets. But again, Pittman may not start right away, but again, he, he's a captain, four-year player, went to the senior bowl. That's what Ballard likes. And so it did not shock me at all that they picked him. I think there's a real chance, again, his physicality, strong hands, wins downfield, that he'll get a lot of opportunities this year. And, and I'm excited to see it. I think that's one of the things that's most intriguing about the Colts. You know, we talk about this um, kind of almost new age thought of build your wide receiver room like a basketball team. Uh, And they were missing the center in a lot of ways. You know, they had T.Y. That's the quick kind of like mid guy that's got nice route running. He stays healthy. He's going to be great in this offense, no matter if he can go up and get it or not. You know, you have the speedy um, end of that as well. Um, coming out of Ohio State, of course, one of my favorite wide receivers, I think, to watch in college football for a while just because of the way he plays was so fun. Um, and now you add Pittman, and that's going to be just a really fun wide receiver room to me. Um, oh, yeah. this, uh, this Colts draft class is kind of like my um, like my sleepy, like, you know, I'm really, really pulling for these guys. Because, you know, of course, we'll always root for our team's draft class, but, like, I'm really pulling, especially on the offensive end, for this team to – pull it together with Philip Rivers. Um, I'd love to see Philip Rivers have some good teams around him for his last couple of seasons because he's just a likable dude. He's funny. Yeah. I, I just I like Philip Rivers, you know. Yeah, it, it, Rivers is interesting when you hear him mic'd up in camp. Like the dad gummit is super funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it, it'll be exciting because like you said, I think what the NFL draft, not to get too much off on that tangent, but the NFL draft has, has really – I think gets you into the mindset of rooting for every player rather than just your team. Yeah. And so you'll find like a draft class that you, <laughs> for you'll <most> love <laughs> at least. Yeah. You'll find a draft class you love and you just want to root for it no matter what team it is um, for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I think this Colts draft class is going to be a fun one. Um, 
and again, guys we didn't even talk about, like like Danny Pinter, who I think was you know great athlete, could be a depth piece at, at, at offensive line for now. Um, and, and you know Julian Blackman, who we didn't even yeah. talk about yeah, at safety, who's got ball skills. Obviously, was a Senior Bowl guy as well, but had gotten hurt, so didn't get to participate. But I think the class as a whole. I think there'll be a couple of the top again. Ballard's been really good at drafting these past couple seasons. I know he had one draft where it kind of fizzled out, but since then it's been, it's been quality. So been solid. Yeah. Where are we going next? We're going to Tennessee next. Uh, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm sorry. I'm going Christian Fulton. Um, <laughs> as my <laughs> rookie to watch, I just didn't like any of the. I just didn't. <laughs> I just didn't like any of the others. Isaiah Wilson right now is out. He's not playing to start the season. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, I, Darrington Evans, how many reps is he going to get? So am I excited for those two? Not really. Nope. I think seeing Fulton fall to where he was after seeing a lot of where analysts had him, I think um, shout out Draft Network and Locked NFL Draft. Benjamin Solak, I think, was probably the highest on him from anybody that I know. I believe he had him in his top 12 prospects, yeah. if I remember correctly. So, yeah. again, that's just a recognition, ability, and man coverage, patience, um, you know, the smooth transitions, I, I think he did struggle a little bit at timing jumps to attack the football down the field. I think that was something he needed to work on, something you kind of saw last year in the Texas game early in the season. But I think, again, continually improved on it. And, and a team that really needs a corner um, opposite, even Adoree Jackson, who's still got something to prove, I think, as well. I mean, you know, finding a cornerback room that he is looking for that guy to step up, Fulton could be that. Yeah, no, I agree. It's somebody that I really liked, you know, and I had him as well just because I would have originally had Isaiah Wilson. You know how I love my guys in the trenches to say yeah. that every week. But, you know, in just for about Wilson, you know, that offensive tackle situation demands some answers right now uh, for this team especially. So the quicker he can get back and the quicker he can get up to pace, you know, the better off they're going to be. But as far as it goes, yeah, that team could use another corner. Christian Fulton you know, has experience against some of the better wide receivers in college football from last year. And he did well against them for the most part, I would say. A couple times he got burned, but um, he does have that tendency to jump. But, you know, everybody's going to get burnt. It's a lot harder for a wide receiver, or a lot easier for a wide receiver to burn a DB than to get recognition as a DB for doing good coverage. You know, that's always going to be the highlight play, especially in um, the SEC and in the college. Because you don't get thrown at if you cover well. Yeah, exactly. That's how it goes. Yep. So, you know, yeah, you yeah exactly. Like you and, you know, I think he could be a guy that we see eased into the rotation maybe a little bit at first. Um, but for me, by the end of the season, if he's healthy and he's playing well, he's going to be a starter. Uh, because, like we said, they do need a little bit of an answer at the corner spot. But, yeah, not to be too much around the bush, Christian Fulton was for me, too. He's yeah. clearly, with Isaiah Wilson out, the most exciting rookie, I would say, for I agree. Actually, we're going to go – you know, let's go over to Jacksonville. And speaking yeah. of cornerbacks, um, I stole him. I decided to go with C.J. Henderson. You know, ever since Ramsey and Bouye have been gone, Boye, I have always struggled to pronounce that. Either way, they've been gone from Jacksonville, you know, for differing reasons, varying purposes. There's been a cycle of cornerbacks. And, you know, the next kind of rung of that ladder, I think, is C.J. Henderson. You know, he's somebody that is lengthy. He's got ball skills and coverage for sure. Um, that are really impressive and impressed a lot of NFL teams coming out of the draft um, and also managed to impress Mr. Chad Johnson, which is kind of funny to talk about um, in his coverage ability. He impressed him when they were actually working out together. So that's a fun video if you haven't seen that one. But, you know, CJ's got that long kind of just almost like bubble wrap coverage kind of thing where he can just be right there where the ball is. And, you know, I think with a team that is going to have some – struggles this year in Jacksonville I think it's safe to say CJ Henderson might be a lone bright spot here or not lone but um minimal bright spots on that team I would say yeah I think when, when you when you describe him I think like you said I think he stays in the hip pocket really well with receivers down the field and I think he's super smooth I think that's the biggest word that comes to mind when I think of him as well as just how smooth his transitions are he just doesn't look like he's ever you know, gambling or, you know, panicking. He always seems like he's in position. He's calm. He's collected. He knows that he can, you know, transition, recover um, with the best of them at receivers. So, yeah, I think that's a good one to highlight. Uh, I highlighted LaVisca Chenault um, mm -hmm. as Another the rookie to watch. I think 
there is an opening really in this wide receiver room um, after DJ Chark. Shout out LSU, obviously, again. I think one of the more underrated guys at receiver from that class had a great senior bowl. It's cool to see him break out as a you know true deep threat, but he can do a lot of different things. And so, but again, for a Jacksonville offense that I think is going to maximize the match point, maximize space for their receivers, um, work a lot over the middle of the field for Gardner Minshew, I, I think Chenault, that fits him perfectly, get the ball in his hands on some drags, some digs, and let that guy work after the catch where he's just an absolute bully and he's got, you know, freakish speed. So maybe even get him some reps at running back because he did do that at Colorado. And by the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars need some help at running back. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Maybe that's maybe the plan play all him along. there, you know, like Cordero Patterson, but better. Yep. Yeah, but actually effective. You're right. I, I could definitely see that. I think that would be – Honestly, the more ways they can work him into that offense, the better for him and the better for them down the line. Oh, yeah. I mean, like like I said, I think, again, you spend a second-round pick on a guy like that, I think, you know, a lot of people are, like, concerned about core muscle injury, you know, down throughout the process. So, again, a lot of people had him higher as well as somebody who they, they thought, you know, had a lot of upside as a route runner as well. And, obviously, you see the deep threat. You see how tough he is at the catch point as well. I mean, again, very well-rounded player um, who can do a lot of things well. So I think in an offense, it's just that's just bagging for a second option in the passing game right now. He can take it right away. Yeah. Well, last but not least, we're moving on to Bill O'Brien. <laughs> there were like literally like nobody to pick here other than their second-round pick, Russ Blacklock. I yeah. could not. I I looked around like I don't know what to do other than him to be honest because. And even then, I don't know how much Blacklock's going to get in this defensive line rotation. I think it's a very yeah. good defensive line. I think you're looking at, you know, this hybrid front with guys like Merciless Watt. Even Charles O'Manahue, I think you guys should definitely be watching as a potential, you know, breakout player. I think this is year three for him, I want to say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so pretty I sure think he was the first year that I really started paying hardcore attention. <laughs> I, want, I want to say it was, he was an 18 guy, but not – Super certain, but I, yeah, I think again that defensive line is going to have a lot of rotating pieces. Blacklock, again, athletic player, um, good extension at the point of attack. I think he fits well as a three tech, you know, in, in a sort of hybrid front that these guys like to run. Yeah. So again, you could see him out there maybe more than you would think if I, as the season rolls on. Um, but yeah, I think a, a team that you know made the changes it made mostly on trades this year. So there was only one guy who I really thought to pick. Yeah, I, I went the same route. I struggled through this one. But, you know, and actually this whole division actually left me with more questions than I had answers as well trying to pick through these things, which was kind of funny to yeah. try and make work. But, you know, they kind of, as good as that defensive line really does sound and really is, they, they were inconsistent at times last year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's somebody that fits as a proper three-tech, like you mentioned. Um, in the middle of this line can eat up space and maybe open some opportunities. You know, it it will be interesting to see how much he does play. But yeah. if he does, I could see him having a large, at least sizable impact, maybe not stats-wise. Um, yeah. But he might be able to open some things up for the guys on the outside. I wouldn't be super surprised by that. It'll be interesting how they work the multiple front in. You know, obviously Watt can play three, five, three and five tech. Um, yeah. He's just that gifted of a player. He's crazy. Um, and obviously and you have Merciless tag. who plays. Yeah. <laughs> obviously you have Merciless who likes to get out at five, maybe even a little wider at seven. And, and then you have, you know, you guys in the interior. But again, Blacklock could, could easily fit in there. I think Omenahu kind of projects as a weird front guy as well. So, yeah. again, that movable pieces is nice to have because – you know Blacklock at certain times can be inserted. It's definitely one of those things that makes your line really interesting, and it can either be really good interesting or really tragic interesting, meaning everybody doesn't get to play to their potential. But I'm hoping yeah, we can I, out of that and see a good one. That, that, that versatility is, yeah, I, I think because they, I, yeah, they lost nose tackle. Um, oh, freak, who's their nose tackle? DJ Reader. Yeah, yeah, Reader was a big loss. Losing Reader hurt. Obviously, they brought in PJ Hall. Yeah, who was a former second round pick, I believe, of the Raiders. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see if he gets fit. So, 
it, it'll be interesting to see because they have a Manahu and Watt starting DNs, obviously in a three four. Yeah. But with nickel, it turns into a you know different fronts and different looks. So we'll see. Um, we'll talk a little in. bit more about the 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 whole filling DJ Reader later on, at least. Yeah, because um, we'll be talking my... about yeah that preview. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I've got a player on here left. Um, oh, that'll of course. be some good for that. But we are going to move on to the X Factor. Uh, I think we got all four no, there. No proof, proof. I think. Oh, no we go to prove right? it next. Yes, we do. Well, we do. We do. Yes, we do. Take two. Well, we are going to go two. to the prove it year players next year in the AFC South. Um, and for me, let's just go ahead and start in the same order we went last time, which I've already forgotten. But I know we started with the Colts. Indy, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston. That's what you're here for. You know, in truthfully, prove it can mean whatever you kind of want. I have very much used the term very stretched out to bleed. Yeah. English is hard. Um, but for my Colts pick for this year, I'm going to say Phillip Rivers. You know, he's got a lot of people asking, what's he got left? What's left in that yeah. tank, in that mm-hmm. gosh darned tank? What's he flipping got left? How many kids can he have before the year is over? <laughs> but uh, really, Dead gummit, you took my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I did. But uh, by that reaction, you know, it's been over a year now since the Colts lost Andrew Luck. Um uh, you know, in the most favorable of circumstances, you know, he just left. They didn't lose him. He didn't die, you know, in, in most Colts fans' eyes, although I have talked to some that would swear otherwise. But, you know, Phil Rivers does come into this with kind of an opportunity. You know, I would say the Chargers were not great to Phil Rivers for the most part, in my opinion, um, especially recently. But, you know, he comes in with some questions. You know, you're getting up there in age what does he still have? And what did we see last year that was him or a couple of years in the past couple of years that was him? And what was the team that was built around him? You know, how far can he propel this overall pretty solid Colts team? Uh, because Indy almost at this point wants a savior. And, uh, you know, is Phillip Rivers going to be that? Maybe short term, maybe not, maybe not at all. We don't know. Um, but, you know, they're in a much better situation now than I think they were a year ago. I think it's pretty safe to say that, but uh, well, yeah, a little bit more than a year ago when luck left, of course they were in quite a panic, but you know, Phil as good as it is of a signing and as proud of, I am of it. I'm happy for them. They've got some questions left to answer with him. How are they going to utilize him in this pretty solid wide receiver room? How quickly have they kind of meshed together? You know, you've got some new pieces. You've got some incoming pieces for different reasons. It'll be interesting to see how much of a leader he can be and how he can pick it up going forward. Um, And a guy that I really like, I know we have a lot of fun talking about him, um, and seemingly a decent dude, so hopefully he does well, you know, of course. But I really hope he does well so we can see this wide receiver group at its top potential. Yeah, I I think he's pretty much – Nailed it with Rivers, yeah. But this is the best offensive line he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, might ever. be the best offensive line in the football right now. Could, might- yeah, the argument can be made. And so there's just a lot for him that's in place to succeed. Again, you have reliable tight end Jack Doyle, who I think he'll gain a rapport with. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton, as reliable as anybody at receiver. Pittman is a deep threat to get it up to. Naheem Hines should be on people's radar as an Austin Eckler type player that that Rivers will dump it off to. I think he's going to get more involved in the offense. So I think it's set up for Rivers to prove to people that, you know what, 2018 me can still happen. Yeah. Um, where the Chargers went 12 and four and toe to toe with Kansas City. Um, so I, I think he can still do that. Uh, my prove it player is Xavier Rhodes. Um, this felt like the other obvious choice, um, obviously coming off a couple bad years in Minnesota. And I think when you look at Matt Eberflew's defense, you see them play a lot of off coverage. I think that's where you're going to see Rhodes do better. I think this is where he fits as a guy who can off read, react quickly um, and, and make plays with things in front of him and a team who runs a primarily zone. Um, so, yeah, I think Rhodes, if he is to turn the corner, and I think he, he obviously for his career would like to do so and get back to the form he's been at previously, I think he can do it in this Colts defense. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Two pretty obvious ones. Where are we headed next? Well, we're headed to Tennessee. Um, and I'm, I'm sticking No, that's in a couple of weeks. 
Great. Okay. You're welcome. Yes, we are. Um, uh, content on the way. Thanks for the segue. Uh, please do that. A please do that again when we do X Factors. Um, <laughs> I have a corner here, Adoree Jackson. Uh, talked about the corner room a little earlier when we were talking about Bolton. Uh, what are we getting here? Malcolm Butler getting up there, declining in play. You can tell. Um, obviously, still listed as a starter. Fulton coming in, you'd probably don't as you'd like to ease him in, um, but you may have to get him on the field sooner or later. Again, Dory Jackson came out as this guy who you thought this is a special athlete guy who can contribute immediately as a returner, um, but but had a lot to iron out technically as a corner. And I think we've seen him take a little bit of a step forward. Um, especially in 2019, but I'd like to see him take that full step and become what people thought as a, a very good high upside first round pick that he was. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, this one was an interesting one for me to pick. There's a lot of questions floating around in my head about the Titans. And one of them is, can they repeat what we saw last year? You know, can they stay creative enough in this? I think run dominant offense is Power a massive football. understatement. Yeah, it, it's playing yeah. 1918 style football in some ways. You know, this yeah. Titans team does. And can they repeat that again? You know, can they have all the things go right that went right last year? And, you know, a lot of that comes in a shortened season. Well, not really, but a shortened preseason, of course. A lot of that comes down to preparation. And what does preparation come from? It comes from your head coach. And for me, if Mike Vrabel were to come out and prove it, prove that they can do this again, All right. to me, playing that kind of a system that you don't see anymore puts him up there with some of the better coaches. You know, he's got this team prepared, and that underdog mentality really did boost them up to a top level last year. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a question, can they do it again? What are we going to see out of Tennessee? And you know, Mike Vrabel isn't going to make or break his future in this season. Uh, but, you know, it's not a bad year to prove yourself. So for me, I kind of took a little bit of a little off the regular trodden path and put Mike Vrabel down because I think he's set up for a big challenge. You know, teams know a little bit better what you're coming at with and you've had a little bit less time to get all these plans together in a shortened preseason. So, you know, Mike Vrabel's got a lot to prove uh, for better or for worse. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it, and I think we'll be talking a little bit about that as well when we get to predictions. Who you got for Jacksonville? Yeah, so for Jacksonville, I kind of just took a – which I – off the path again, but I kind of just took a committee stance on this one. You know, Jacksonville, as we said earlier, in dire need of a running back to step up, stand out, and take the place of Leonard Fournette. You know, uh, Fournette did have a big role in this offense, and, you know, you've got guys like James Robinson in there. You've got Divine Zigbo, and, you know, they're going to kind of have to pick up this banner and quite literally run with it um, into this next season, and a season that is going to be really, really interesting because what is the future of this team? Is it with Gardner Minshew? What is the overhaul going to look like? Who's going to come in? Who's going to go out? Um, he's yeah. going to need a running back there by his side that he's going to be able to trust. Uh, Leonard Fournette is gone and you know a lot of that is going to fall on the committee because yep. you don't have that standout running back now you've got a committee group and it'll be yep. very interesting to see especially on third down um, and short how they decide to play this out yeah I, I especially now like Raquel Armstead's been the backup yeah he was the backup last season he's going to open on the COVID list probably won't play this week yeah um so, yeah, I mean, you're going to have guys like Ozigbo and Robinson. They're going to take early down duties. Obviously, Chris Thompson is there, thank goodness, to be yes. a pass catcher. Yes. Um, because otherwise, <laughs> this would be bad. Because Raquel Armstead, I mean, I don't think he could I, – I, I don't know if he could walk outside without a mask and catch coronavirus, to be perfectly honest with no. you. Um, so, after watching a little bit of tape. But, yeah, I think the running back position is definitely a clear one that we're going to be like, yeah, um, with like eight, 1,800 picks in this draft uh, in 2021, next April, when are the Jags going to take a running back? That will be a hot topic. And when um, are they going to take a running back? <laughs> uh, that, that may even be a better committed. question, actually. They have, um, that's such a deep running back class, you may as well draft three. <laughs> it's possible. It's very possible. Um, so I had two names. I didn't know if Nate was going to put one of these down. I'll be quick. Cam Robinson, can he play the tackle spot, or will they be searching for a, a left tackle when they, I think, eventually tear this thing down and start over next offseason? 
that's the biggest thing. Um, and then Taven Bryant, who's been behind Malik Jackson, Clayus Campbell, Marcel Darius for a long time. All three guys gone now. This is your time to shine on the interior. Show me that you were worthy of, of being, you know, a top pick. And so, again, had athleticism, all the tools to rush the passer. Can you put it together this year? Those are the two. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it'll be interesting to watch as that develops coming down the pipe. You know, uh, this team, to say the least, has a lot of questions. And not in the same way that the Titans have a lot of questions in my head. This team just has a lot of questions, um, especially is, heading into 2021, man. Yeah. We could own an entire burn it to the ground, bring it back up. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised think, at all. Yeah, I think the biggest question is, is Doug Marone a lame duck head coach? I think so. I think so, too. I think the biggest question for them is, are they going to start over at QB? Right. Minshew is obviously the answer, then great. Yeah. I personally don't believe that. but I, I think I, Minshew I mean, is going to be the answer to that question. You know, he might oh, not yes. be the answer to the team, but he yeah, holds the keys true. to coming back for a lot of years, years. You know, I think he might be the one of the, if the not best backup in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if, if that indeed is what indeed happens. Um, but yeah, I, so that's just thoughts there in Jacksonville. A lot of questions. I'm We've sure we'll be discussing the them a lot. That letting a starting quarterback sit for a year can have as well, though. You know, if you do, yeah. somebody, um, <laughs> case in point, Patrick Mahomes, you know. Yes. And granted, talent is going to shine no matter what, but yeah. Does it but come it out exactly the same? Does he get hurt? You never know. I think it helps. I think it helps for yeah. sure. Um, we might see it with Tua again. You never know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Could be. We got um, one. Yeah, we got one left. Houston, I'm going to be quick with this one as well. It, it's Titus Howard for me, a right tackle. Um, Got to protect Deshaun Watson. You're a first-round pick. Let's get it together, please. Please. All right. That's it. That's it. That's the show. <laughs> That's literally it. Uh, well, we're going to stay on offense for mine. Uh, I am actually going to reference Mr. Brandon Cooks uh, here. You know, you lost out on Diop, and he's gone in one of the strangest – trades of all time but came from bill o'brien so i'm not that surprised but you know you just re-signed sean watson to a long-term contract locked him down effectively um no trade clause bill yes yes with (laughs) big 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 money and you know behind brandon cooks right now you've got will fuller kenny stills um am i is there anybody i'm missing that's pretty much the top three right cooks oh yeah yeah, but for the most part, you know, the big names on that roster at the wide receiver spot, you know, Cooks, Fuller, Stills. Um, and talk about a little bit underwhelming. Oh, Randall Cobb. Oh, Randall Cobb, Duh. yeah. Talk about underwhelming. Anyway. <laughs> but, anyway, the bear killer himself. Um, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you've, so Deshaun's got to throw the ball to somebody if he's going to have a great season like we know Deshaun probably will. Um, and Brandon Cooks just hasn't quite looked the same over the last couple of years. How much there is still left for Brandon Cooks um, this far down in his career? And, you know, for his sake, hopefully he's still got some left in the tank. Uh, but I think he's going to have to emerge as a clear wide receiver one on this team uh, in order for them to find success on the offensive side. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he is healthy. I hope he finds it because I took him in fantasy. So yeah. that's the most important thing, first yeah. of all. Um, we only care but- about that. Yeah, but second of all, I, I think you, you've seen Will Fuller get hurt for a stretch of time, and I think Will Fuller was, was really key to that offense when he's healthy. Um, the offense looked a lot better when he was out there. No disrespect to, to Hopkins, but Will Fuller was an X factor for that team last year. Um, is he a wide receiver one? I don't think so. So I think you made a good point. Can Cooks be the wide receiver one? Obviously you have, you know, I think a decent amount of depth. Um, at one of the more solid um, – rooms at wide receiver if they all stay healthy so but again you want to find that guy that you know Watson can go to and Cooks has has all the talent to do that yeah definitely well next we're going over to x-factors right yes we are x-factors let's start with Indianapolis Uh, a repeat segment here I won't talk about it too much as a result Philip Rivers is the x-factor for this team you know a team that lost out on um, Andrew Luck, you know, in I honestly in my notes just wrote no luck with a frowny face. And that goes for a lot of different things. They don't have Andrew Luck and they didn't have any luck with that situation to say the least. Um, and Philip Rivers is going to take this team as far as it'll go 
with him. You know, we ask, you know, how long is he the answer or is he the answer for them for a short term on a team that's solid other than that? You know, he's going to be the X factor that pushes this team, I think, um, down the stretch of the season, especially a lot of leadership uh, will fall on his shoulders. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. Um, and if they are a really, really, really good team, Philip Rivers is going to be 2018 Philip Rivers, I think is what the, what it comes down to. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, my X factor, as much as I, as much as I want to go obvious with the fourth Buckner, I just feel like I, sh- I, I did, I didn't want to do that or, or Darius Leonard, because I feel like you have two stalwarts there. I want Kenny Moore. Um, as an X factor for this team. And I think in Nate's not approval there, I felt like this was a, this was a good selection. Um, probably going to get mostly slot reps at the beginning of the year. But again, when you, mm-hmm. when you have a guy who can lock up all these short area separators um, in a, in a defense, that's not very aggressive right. um, and, and, and values a lot in coverage. Kenny Moore is going to be huge for them in the slot. He can play on the outside as well if he needs to. Um, so that's another big Big little nugget there. Um, yeah, because if Rhodes starts out struggling and, and you got to have, you know, Rockison and Kenny Moore hold down the outside spots, Kenny Moore can do that. So that's that's the exciting part about him. And, again, at, the secondary was the issue, really, for Indy down the stretch. Could not find anything in coverage last year towards the end of the year. Things can change right now if Kenny Moore uh, becomes a real leader back yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's going to be a huge role, I think, for him um, in a DB room that really needs to improve after last season, to say the least. Um, pick it up in coverage because the rest of your defense is looking pretty freaking good. So uh, it'll be very interesting. Where next? Tennessee is next. The Titans. The Titans. Um I initially wrote Jeffrey Simmons down, but that seemed too obvious. I just, I just want to talk about how good Jeffrey Simmons is going to be this season. I uh, can't wait um, for him to just absolutely dominate teams <laughs> and be a game wrecker on the interior. Uh, but I'm going to switch gears and go Corey Davis. Like, it's about time. I think he can really still be an X factor in this offense. Again, has not lived up to a fifth overall selection. Could even be place him and prove it if we really wanted to. Yeah. But an offense that, you know, even lacks that number two option, you could even throw Jonu Smith into this X-Factor action as well. But I think Davis, you know, is a guy who's, who's a fluid route runner type. Um, I, I think this is the year for him to get on the same page with Tannehill. And they want this passing game to flourish outside of A.J. Brown, that, that he's going to be the guy to step up and do so. Yeah, no. So for me over on this side, it's going to be, you know, actually we talked about it a little bit already with Isaiah Wilson being out, you know, previously in the off season, they had re-signed Dennis Kelly uh, at the tackle spot to a three-year $17.5 million deal. And then they went ahead and drafted Isaiah Wilson. You know, they had an option. You could have thrown Wilson in there right away, or you could have let him develop behind Kelly, um, you know, for a year or two until Wilson got really comfortable uh, but, you know, Kelly, 30 years old, he started four games last season for them. Um, and really, I think the best thing about him, as bad as this sounds, is that he doesn't limit what they could do on that side of the offensive line and of the ball. You know, he's going to allow them to potentially, hopefully, the idea would be to build upon their offensive improvements, you know, from last season. And they continue to just think, keep things business as usual, I would say, in the absence of Isaiah Wilson. So, you know, we were sad to see Isaiah Wilson go down, obviously, but, you know, Kelly could be a guy that really pushes that offense and keeps them stable enough to continue their successes. And I asked the big question earlier, can they do it again? You know, I think a lot of that's going to come down to this offensive line. So, Yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's a good one. I think as a team that, you know, relies heavily on powerful, powerful players up front, I mean, it, it's got to go through them. It goes through Derrick Henry indirectly through them. Yeah. You know, so it's going to go as far as that offensive line goes. They love to power run. They love they love to play action game. So, yeah. yeah. Kelly. No we go to the Jags yeah. next, right? We do. Okay, we go down to Jacksonville. Gardner it's Minshew. funny. Okay, it's just just real quick. It's funny that we call them the Jags because they are just a bunch of guys down there, basically. Yeah, this they year. really That's is. really sad. Football. I mean, I, I keep, 
you know, we see, and we obviously mean absolutely no disrespect to that, but you see, you know, the posts about how hard it is to get in the NFL. And then you think about these guys and it's like, there's anybody that's gone under the cracks that could make this team better like you know we said it with the jets it's just like some teams just don't have it you know would this be the best team in the xfl that's a real question no. yeah it's like uh, no <laughs> no yeah absolutely but uh mine's gardner Minshew. you know i think somebody that's playing with their job on the line i don't think he's going to push this team to a super bowl in 2020 don't get me on that but you know if this team does have a modicum at least of success this year uh, it'll probably come from some pretty important plays from him at his position. You know, he makes the plays that need to be played, and he's got some good accuracy, um, especially for somebody that came out so late in the draft. He's done incredibly well. But, you know, we talked earlier about him being probably the best backup quarterback in the league, you know, how it should be. But, you know, right now he's their guy, and right now he's got a lot to play for. He's playing for big money on his next contract versus maybe backup money, you know, and no disrespect to Chase Daniels, who has made himself – a crap ton of money being a backup quarterback, but uh, yeah. starter money pays just a little bit more if you're good and young. Yeah. Um, so for Gardner Minshew, this is a big season. And for the Jags, I think if they do have that modicum of success, uh, it's going to come through him and it's going to come through what's left of the staples of this team. Yeah. I mean, Minshew's going to drive a lot of the offense, especially when obviously we've talked about, there's no, there's literally no running back. <laughs> um it's bad that you're like, man, they can be relied on at all times. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's going to come down to, you know, obviously if, if Chark and Chanel could be huge helps to him and maybe even Tyler Eifert in the past the game, um, if he's not hurt for the 84th time in his, his NFL career. Um, <laughs> so, so for me, the X factor, I, I put CJ Henderson down because I, I just really think, you know, when you look at the defense right now, you're like, all right, who's going to be like big time contributors on this defense? No disrespect to Caleb on Chase Hunt. I don't know if he's going to do that this year. I have no clue. Right. Josh Allen is obviously one of them. And then you have linebackers, Miles Jack and Joe Scobert. Outside of that, there are so many questions. So, and, and the secondary is a big one, obviously, after just trading Ronnie Harrison. I, I think CJ Henderson, if this team is going to be, you know, any anywhere near a middling defense, it's going to be because of C.J. Henderson locking up, you know, top guys in the division. I want to see this man follow A.J. Brown both times this year. Yeah. Okay? Follow him. Follow T.Y. Yeah. It'll be follow Cooks. I think this division is going to be interesting, truthfully. It'll be a fun it's one. It's going to be a fun one. one. No doubt. So, Texas. Texans. Well, one of the Texas teams, anyway. Yeah, Houston Texans. I got Justin Reed. Um, this is another defense that they've got a lot of castoffs at corner, which is just it, it is interesting in itself. I think you've seen, you know, I obviously we've seen got you know Gary and Conley went on IR, and that really stinks because I think he had a really strong finish last season. Um, but obviously, you have Bradley Roby, Vernon Hargraves, even Lonnie Johnson. In there, but that's just – I think Roby's, Roby's getting a little older now. Um, you know, he's kind of entering prime years, but, again, we I think we've seen the best of him when he's in the slot. Hargraves has obviously been a bust, but he's, he's still catching on a little bit um, as he's found, you know, a new life in a new organization. But I think Justin Reed's really the driver in the secondary as far as ball skills, as far as recognition, playing that deep – playing the, you know, deep middle or, or, or deep third, depending on what – you know, what Houston runs, but I mean, he's got the range. He's got ball skills. He's, he's a playmaker and he's yeah. going to be a huge help for them. Yeah. I think especially when your defense struggles uh, and you know, when a team struggles, you see the guys clearly start to stand out that are going to carry this team. Um, so I think that definitely stands out for me. We talked a little bit earlier about DJ reader departing from Houston um, and heading for a four year, 53 whopping million dollar contract with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he developed into more of a more more than a nose tackle, like your traditional nose tackle over his time there in Texas. Um, and you know they went ahead and signed Brandon Dunn to a three-year, twelve million dollar. I think it was that's what my notes say, but it, pretty close. But um, I believe your notes. Yeah, I believe my notes too. You know, and, and there's been quotes from Brandon Dunn himself, and you know, um, you know, all these guys that just say. 
there's no void of this position on our team. We're good to go. We're going now. And of course, you know, Dunn's going to say that, but when you see the coaching staff start to say that, you see they really have um, some faith in this guy that he's going to come in. And DJ Reader was not somebody they wanted to lose, but they couldn't afford to keep him yeah. to say the least. Um, and, you know, the accuracy of there not being a void is definitely going to depend on how he performs. You know, he's only at 27 um, and notes say 10 defensive stops in week 11 alone um, or after week 11, excuse me, when he pretty much came in, you know, from time to time before that and even during that to a point. But uh, he's going to be a big deal applying pressure in a defensive line, like we said, that's going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah, especially with what they run in the multiple fronts. I mean, yeah, if, if Brandon Dunn can be, you know, just eat space for that defense, it's going to open up so much. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, that's that's really it for the X Factors, folks. And you know what time it is now. Predictions. Make some predictions. And you know me. That means we're doing win rankings. No, we're doing record predictions. No, no I'm just doing kidding. When I actually don't have specific record record. predictions comes out on Thursday. True. I have whereabouts. I started to kind of look at it, but anyway, okay. you want to start? Sure. I'll start. Um, okay. I've got Indianapolis eight to 11 wins. I think this team has a real shot at 11 wins. If rivers finds that form again, I think the defense will be a lot better. Uh, they, they got one of the better linebacking cores in the entire league. Um, that's, un, that's, it's really not talked about with, Darius Leonard, Anthony Walker, Bobby Okariki. So you look at that, you look at adding a guy who can drive things up front into Forrest Buckner. You're looking at Kamoko Ture and Ben Bandigu's guys you look out for on the edge to rush the passer. Um, and again, a secondary who I like and with Yasin, Kenny Moore. And, and, you know, this could be a bit – obviously Malik Hooker should have been on my prove it. Duh. Um, <laughs> my bad. But, yeah, I think, you know, you look at Malik Hooker as a guy who, you know, is supposed to be a playmaker, um, and, and he can be that. There's a lot of guys, if they reach their ceiling, get to that 11 win mark. I don't think this team lo- lo- wins less than eight. Wow, English. Um, I, I just think they're too talented of a team for that. Uh, Tennessee, I have seven to 10, and here's why. This is a team that loves to turn it on late. And when you turn it on late, that that just really means that you're never going to be a 12 win team. <laughs> Um, yeah, because that's of true. slow starts, and I just think it, this team could get themselves into a slow start and and not potentially not recover. Um, it's going to be a lot on on Tannehill and Henry to drive the offense. The defense has lost some pieces. I think the secondary, like we said, is the question mark. So, and can they handle coverage over the middle of the field to at linebacker? Rashawn Evans, great player, great coming downhill. Can he can he help in coverage more than he has been in his first couple seasons? Um. Yeah, and can the pass rush be more effective now that they got Clowney in the mix with Harold Landry? I think the mm-hmm. defense has the potential to be a top five, but can they put it all together? It starts up front. Um, and if the offense can be enough, I, I think you're still sitting at 10 wins just because it's a team that will never really blow you out. It's a team that keeps things competitive. Yeah. Jacksonville, this is two to six. Um, this could be terrible, terrible stuff, or they could be motivated enough to get the six wins in what could be you know a weaker – weaker division this year. They can pick up a couple wins. It'll be telling the first game they've got the Colts um, this coming week. So we'll see how much they hang in that one. Um, But still, I think this is a team that probably picks top five um, when all is said and done. Houston, this is the high variance team for me. This is six to 10. Again, I just don't think this is a good enough roster to pass 10 wins. However, Deshaun Watson can get this team to 10 wins. And we know this. And they're going to get uh, as well carried by that front seven, which I think is a very good front seven. This is this is really – the division is going to be decided, basically, whose secondary steps up the most between Indy, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. I, I'm, I'm a firm – or not Jack. Did I say Jacksonville? Nice. I'm really good at this thing. Um, no, Indy, Tennessee, and Houston. Whichever secondary steps up the most, I think, wins this division. And it could come down to a final week. It really could. Yeah, actually, that's a really good segue because I do think that this could come down. Um, it could or could not, but I'm leaning towards the could come down to pretty close to the final week. I think this is going to be a pretty competitive division and not necessarily in a great way uh, from top to bottom. You know, I think the top three teams are pretty 
pretty locked in this division. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be great, but I, I think they have Deshaun Watson in Houston. Um, that Titans team is too solid to be bad. Um, it, they could at least be average to good. And I, I think this Colts team is going to be good. I, I truly do. I think they're going to be a 9-11 to 11 win team is what I've got them at. Um, so pretty close. And then Tennessee, I've got at a 7-9 to nine win radius. And then from the Texans, I've got them down at 6-8, to eight, a little bit less variance. I just do not trust the majority of this roster to get the job done. Uh, but I would not be surprised to see Deshaun Watson drag them with every ounce of his body uh, to a 10-win season. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, Jacksonville, I've got them down at two to four. So I'm not, not very high on the Jags. Yeah. They are quite the Jags. Let's just say that. So it's cool that you mentioned like the, the end of season stuff. So Houston plays Tennessee last week of the season. Houston plays Indianapolis twice in December alone. Wow. The Colts play the Titans in November twice and the Texans in December twice. So Indy plays, and then they finish with the Jaguars. So Indy, for the first two months of the season, has one divisional game that they finished with five of them in the last, what is this, eight weeks. So five division games, eight weeks. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's, 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 that's wild. That, that is, is going to be very hectic. Super crazy um, that the division is set up this way. But it, it'll be a lot of fun to see these top three teams do battle. Um, maybe get, it will get a little taste, a barely a little taste in week five when the Houston Texans play Tennessee. Yeah. Or week six, that is, sorry. But very much going to come down to November and December games, which is always fun. Yeah. That's actually it. Oh, we're done. Yes, of course, of yeah. course. Um, yes. Let's yes, get yes. That. How do we finish awkwardly just like that? Um, just like that. Bye. Are, if, if you guys have, <laughs> if you guys have uh, tuned in this long, we appreciate it. If you could drop a like on our YouTube, that does a lot of help. Um, yeah, I mean, if you keep following us, again, we're going to try to be more active on Twitter at, at experience underscore FTBL during the season. Um, again, like we said, we're going to have a lot of content on, on YouTube, especially, um, coming out. So this podcast will always be a thing. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're going to do, some, we're definitely going to try some things. We're going to try some streams. I'm sure where we'll just talk maybe a little bit before the week, um, of college football or NFL. So stay tuned for that. Again, you will have the links, um, for Apple podcasts and Spotify in the description. If you guys want to go there, when you click on this on YouTube, um, but yeah, I think for, for me at Jake NFL Draft and for Nate at Nate JW Sports. Nate, you have anything to say before we go? Because this has become a tradition. If I were two faced, would I be wearing this one? I don't know. Me either. What have you done with Harvey and Scary Face? Um, scary Face. <laughs> That's just that made me think of that. Yeah. So, like I said. If you guys have not subscribed to the channel, we would appreciate it. Again, we do a lot more than football, so stay tuned for that stuff. we got a lot more cool projects coming um, on this channel as well. So stay tuned for that, and we will see you guys in the next Division Preview, and we are finally back with football. Bye. 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 Bye.